Hey, this is No Class Bobby Bass for the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. You listen to my good friend, Lewis, and you listen to him all the time. You learn more about pro wrestling than you can shake a stick at. Until then, take care. God bless. This is No Class Bobby Bass. Hello and welcome to the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. I am your host, Lewis Carlin. Very excited today because on the show we have a Canadian wrestling legend. I'm talking about the one and only, no class, Bobby Bass. Bobby, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Lewis. It's great to be here today. And it's great to hear your voice and it be great to talk to you, my friend. My same here, same here, man. And it's it's uh, it's we haven't spoken in a while, and um, it's always good to catch up with friends, Bobby. And I'm glad we're doing that today. Mm-hmm. Great, I, I, I it is great to catch All up right. with friends. And all right, so let's 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 get right down to it. I'm sure everybody listening wants to know how how did it all start for Bobby Bass. Let's go back to to the beginnings. Um, when you decided I'm going to be a professional wrestler, and and the role that you took to to become how did it all start for, for No Class Bobby Bass? Well, it all started with me not wanting to be a professional wrestler. My father, believe it or not, it started with my fam, uh, my dad. He was sitting in the living room one time, and he had the paper up in front of his face, and he said to me, and everybody knows my real name is Dennis. He said, Dennis, he says, uh, I think there's something in here that you're big and ugly, big and ugly enough to do. I said, what's that, Pop? He said, uh, what would Billy Washington happen to wrestling school? Why don't you go down there and, and take a look at it? Well, I went down there and fell in love with the business and, and been in it ever since. That ought to be about 40 years ago, maybe a bit longer. I've been in, around the business. I started in 1967. Wow, 1967. Uh, there's, um, that, that, yeah, wow. So, you know, there, uh, have, you heard, have you heard of the, the website called Cage Match? It's a, uh, the website called Cage Match where they, and, um, well, they try to list as many matches as they, as they can of, of as many professional wrestlers as they can. And they, they have you up there. Uh, they have uh, you oh. up there. But they, they indicate that your debut was 1969. But it was 1967 no, no, 60, was your debut. 67, yeah. Because I did, I did my first match. Okay. And I remember this. Uh, do you remember the movie Clockwork Orange? It was a big movie back I do, in, yes. In, in yes. the 60s. I forget his name, but he, he was uh, in Toronto. And uh, I had my first match with him, and I had it in, in Woodbridge Arena in Woodbridge, Ontario. And I remember uh, he beat me. He picked me up and turned me upside down in a garbage can. And I said, man, I'm a professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> and uh, and uh, ever since that, I've been, been in the business. I've been, you know, you know yourself, I did a lot of traveling, had a lot of matches, and had a lot of great friends in the business. But uh, I, I loved what I did for a living. Okay, man. And, oh, I mentioned the Cage Match Match website. It, it indicated back in 1970 uh, for Stampede Wrestling, you were you were Bob Pringle at the at the time. Uh, it says that you wrestled uh, well, a young Bob Pringle, young Bobby Bass wrestled a young Johnny Valentine Jr., who, aka, is 
Greg the Hammer Valentine. Do you remember those matches? Do you remember anything about uh, wrestling uh, young Greg Valentine and Stampede? Okay, here, here, here's the story. Number one, I was never Bobby Pringle in, in, in Stampede. Uh, I would, I had the name okay. when I first started in the business. They gave me the name, believe it or not, Percy Pringle in Kentucky. And, and then, then when I went to uh, uh, Kansas City, I kept the same name, Pringle. And then when I went to Vancouver, Pat O'Connor, the great Pat O'Connor, uh, got in touch with Al Comco, who was looking for a heel. And I, I went to uh, <clears throat> uh, Vancouver, and I went to Texas Outlaw Bobby Bass. I got, I got the name Bobby Bass when I joined the Bass family in Florida. And that's where that name came from, and it's stuck ever since. Uh, I did have a couple of uh, different names. Kincaid was one of them, uh, Pringle. And I think that was it. And, and as far as uh, Greg Valentine, I got to be honest, no. I never worked with him in in, uh, in Stampede. He was never there, for, as wow, far as so I know. That's a true story. Wow. So, no, I no, I believe you. I'm just um, I'm going by what they have here on, on this website, so to just totally disregard that because they're not really because they 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 call you Bob Pringle and they say 1970 that Stampede you wrestled Greg the Hammer Valentine. So I guess this is false then. I shouldn't um, pay no yeah, attention. It says, yeah, it says right here, 1970. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we won't ask any more questions about that. Well, well, uh, go you ahead. mentioned yeah, how you became a Bobby Bass. We're straightening this right out here today, Lewis. We did tell the truth. I have no problem telling anybody <laughs> yeah. how I got the name Bass. I'm not a shy guy. Anybody knows me tell you that, you know? No, hey, no, I, I, I know, I know you're, not, you're definitely not a shy guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it now. It says here, June 6, 1970, they call you Bob Pringle, but that name never, it says, defeats Johnny Valentine Jr., who they have as AKA Greg Valentine in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. So that, I guess that match uh, never, never took place. You know place. what? You know what? Not with me, because I, I was in. Uh... In the 70s, I was in Kansas City. I think that might have been Bob okay. Pringle and the, and, and the young Johnny Val, uh, Valentine in Stampede. I didn't arrive in Stampede to the 80s. I came right from okay. uh, Vancouver, and, and they brought me into this. Uh, yeah, so that, he might have been with Bob Pringle uh, in, in, in that territory at, at that particular time, but I wasn't there. Okay, all right. We'll clear that up. Um, what I'm going to write a uh, this is the email to Cage Match to let them know they need to correct that um, on on your okay. behalf because yeah. uh, they have inf incorrect information. Uh, so you mentioned Bobby Bass. Who gave you the nickname No Class? Uh, I was I read that it was had something to do with you throwing throwing a midget, but I don't know if that I I'll, I'll let you tell the story. <laughs> Here's what happened. Uh, I would uh, I would uh, take team with a, the great grappler Len Denton. And we were called the Dirty White Boys in Stampede Wrestling. And uh, our theme song was uh, going to be a heartbreak tonight. Of course, we fought the hearts and that was the theme song. So they had a battle royal, and, and uh, the midgets wanted to get into it. So, you know, they would run around, kick you in the leg, bite you on the butt, you know. And then, I think it was uh, little Johnny. <laughs> True story. Uh, I forget his name, little Johnny. Philly uh, the kid of Johnny, somebody. Uh, he said, pick me up and swim with you. So me and Len went, wee! He goes, no, no, higher. So we threw him higher. And he said, no, higher. So we really let him go. And he went up and he hit, I remember in the arena, he just had that one light over the ring, you know. And he hit that light. And all the guys, <laughs> all the guys looked up. He started to fall and the lights came behind him. Uh, well, he hit, he hit the mat and the light hit him and broke. And Ed Whalen, God rest his soul, said, look at that Bobby Bat. That man had no class whatsoever. And, and and I thank Ed 
and uh, well, and to this day, he gave me the name No Class, and I already had Bobby Bass, and you know, it, it stuck with me all these years, and it, it's great. <laughs> and that's the true story I just told you. If you ever talked to Len Denton, then I'll tell you the same story. All right, there you go. So now you gave me the name No Class Bobby Bass, and it fits you perfectly. Right? Well, and yeah. So yeah, 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 had that, had that name, and. um yeah, no, you, you did well with it. You did well with it, man. Uh, I, I so did. I when was the first time uh, you wanted? What's go that? ahead, Bobby. I'm sorry. Hello. No, I said, I go lost, ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say, when was the first time uh, you won a, a title and how did it feel holding uh, gold around your waist for the first time? Uh, I held it in Vancouver. Uh, BC, Canada. Uh, me and uh, a fellow, Don Wyatt. Wait, Wyatt. He uh, he lives in Texas today. Uh, we we uh, no Joe Polardi. Me and Joe Polardi grabbed the Canadian tag team uh, straps off of the Morrow Brothers in in, uh, in in Vancouver. And I think I had gold from then on in. I already had a strap around my waist at the Junior Heavyweight Canada uh, with the International out of. Uh, Two times out of uh, Calgary, the international take team with Duke Myers, and uh, we uh, I always always did good. Believe it or not, I I don't know what it was. I must have had something that they liked, drew money because they already put a strap around me. And of course, in the Maritimes, uh, me and the Cuban assassin, assassin, me and the great Ron Starr, we had straps there all the time. So they they must have saw something. In, I would already take team specialist if anybody doesn't know that. But we we did good. We worked hard in the ring to to establish ourselves and keep a name for ourselves. And it, it paid off for me and it paid off for the guys I worked with. We we already got guys that could work their butt off in that ring for an hour or forty five minutes or whatever it took, up and down matching, no no grabbing a headlock and sitting there for twenty minutes or yapping to the audience. You know, we we worked hard. We gave them a good show. No, tell me about um. Pro wrestling back then compared to pro wrestling now. Uh, you, you mentioned that you always give them a good show. What, what, what do you think are the are the main differences uh, between pro wrestling now and pro wrestling back then? Well, you may not like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it. Okay, uh, you want the honest uh, truth? Go ahead. I, I no, think the young kids, I anything I think anything you kids, say, I'm going to like. Go ahead. I think the young kid today all got in their mind are WWE guys. They, they follow that uh, protocol of how they work. You know, they, they, they don't have enough common sense to go and get their own character and work their own character and be their own character in that ring. And I, I think all they do is work for themselves. They forget beyond them ropes that an audience that you've got to work with, you know. And, and I think in the olden days, we worked for the audience and to get them up, bring them down, take them home, and give them action. We didn't walk around uh, you know, cursing and swearing and spitting and giving them the finger or whatever. We were out there and we got, honest to God, great heat. We we didn't get that, as, as you know yourself, Lewis, they call it cheap heat. We, we never got that. We got, honest to God, uh, uh, what do you call it, heat from the audience. And we worked hard. We we, we, we did a thing the kids don't do today. And I, I get so disappointed when I see it. It, it, it. We used to sell our moves. And they don't do nothing. You, you can kick a guy in the bollocks. And throw him on the top rope, hit him with a chair, jump right back up, poke him in the eye, no big deal. You know, it, it, it's embarrassing to watch the, to me it is, and you know, I may get some heat of, heat for this, but it's embarrassing to watch these young kids, they think they're doing great, 
but they don't have the psychology to be a pro wrestler. That, that's my opinion. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if anybody else got the ball to say it, but I do. These kids need to get back in the gym and, and learn how to work, learn the psychology of the ring. And you got these kids, 125, 130 pounds. Come on, you got to be kidding me, you know. It just, just makes me upset when I see stuff like that. All right, man. Um, uh, one thing I, I didn't I didn't mean to get you upset there, uh, but it was interesting to to hear your take on that. Uh, and you no, said no, you, um, get you would upset. get a genuine heat. We did. It, 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 okay, it, go ahead. It, 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 it's so easy to get the heat uh, if you know how to how to work the crowd. You know, like uh, well, you got guys like Cuban Assassin, Fan. You know, he, he taught me so much about that business. Rotten Ronnie Starr taught me so much about that business. And I thought I knew it all. I knew, pardon the expression, I knew shit until I worked with these guys. Then you learn how to be a pro wrestler. You you have a teacher. And, and they say, no, 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 Bobby, you do this wrong. Do this, do that. And, and you learn how to do it. And then it comes naturally to you how to get general heat from the public without spitting, cursing, grabbing yourself, or whatever, you know. And... Uh, the guys I worked with, we never swore at the audience. We had fun with them, but we never ever, I mean, it got so bad to try to knife us a couple of times, try to shoot us. I don't see no kid getting that today, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I was, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, because uh, you were you were a heel for a good part of your career. I think you were faced at some point as well. Uh, but I was going to ask, were there ever any incidents where you were attacked by a fan or fans uh, for, for, for getting that getting that genuine heat? But you said you were shot at? Is that the shot oh, yeah. out or, 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 or knifed? Is he... Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I knifed twice, once in the arm, once in the leg. Uh, but you know what? This is what you're going to find funny and the people are going to, are going to find funny. I do not blame the people that did that. It was me and whoever I was working with. We got so much heat. They got so frustrated. You know, that they just went crazy. You know, it wasn't a bad stab or a bad, you know, uh, stuff like that. But I mean, you say to yourself, wow, you get people to do that? And, and you, you, I just shook my head and said, wow, we got so much heat tonight, it's unbelievable. And, you know, and the police escort you out to your cars and take you out of this town or small town you're in. You know, I don't see that today. I, I, I don't see people getting that. And I, I just shake my head. And I found the business so easy, uh, Lewis, to, to get all that. If you knew what you're doing, you had a psychology, you could get that. Yeah, no, I I, I agree because I because I, I, I'm going to use um an example when I was uh, ten years old when when Larry Zabisco turned on Bruno San Martino. Yep, yep. I don't know if you remember that. Right. I'm, I'm sure he did, but uh, I I absolutely I hated Larry Zabisco with a passion. My grandfather called me go. up and said, "Louis, that god." I'm son of a bitch, Larry Zabisco. <laughs> Bruno's gonna kill him. And my grandfather was like, he was gonna get into his car and go look for Larry Zabisco. But but now you got guys who might turn on a face, but then the next day they're they're at a um, a comic book store signing autographs and posing for pictures. You know, with fans. Yeah. So you're you're right. There's you don't get the same heat back then. Uh, and man, man, if well, I don't know if you remember the big turn, Ole Anderson turning on Dusty Rhodes. I, I actually uh, asked no, my dad I, if he could drive me. I asked my dad if he could drive me to Atlanta so I could go look for Ole Anderson. And I was only 10 years old. That's how much I was so upset with, with the, Ole Anderson. There you go. He got you so upset that you want to go and do damage to him. I understand that. I understand. Uh, we had a word in our business, which you don't hear too much anymore, 
and this word was so strict. If you were caught with the baby face, you were gone. No matter who, Emil Dupree, I'll uh, give Emil to Maritimes, Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling. If you were the main event, and you were, like, let's say Leo Burke, and you were caught with me in a restaurant, <laughs> goodbye. He, he would not put up with that. And I think that's why Emil uh, yeah. territory was so successful, because we kept the kayfabe. If I saw Leo walking down the street, I wouldn't argue. I'd just cross over, continue on my merry way. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. They don't do that yep. today. You see these kids today, they, they pound the piss out of each other and they're having a beer someplace or in the restaurant eating. I, I, just, I don't believe in it. That's just yeah, me. No. But, you know? I mean, no, you and yourself, even back you know, then, the. the... The, the back then the baby faces and heels they they came out from separate entrances they didn't come out of the same entrance uh so that's yeah, uh, that was, that, that's yeah. another thing that, that made it more yeah, yeah so yeah. no i just uh man yeah, now i'm starting to hate larry's bisco <laughs> larry with that hell of a heel i'm starting to hate now i'm starting to hate larry's bisco again man take, take a deep go breath ahead, go ahead man i'm sorry <laughs> But, but, but okay, no, that's you know, okay. It's it's forty uh, years ago. Forty yeah. years ago, I, I still haven't got over it yet. But yeah, and that just shows. <laughs> how right, go much, ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. How good this guy was, Larry was, and, and how, how much he affected you. That, that that forty years later, you're still you to son of a bitch. You know what he did to Bruno Sammartino? Because Bruno was over so powerful, it was unbelievable. And you know, and to me, that's great. The guy, the guy made you think forty years ago. You hated the guts, and you still have feelings for it today. That that is unbelievable. You know, I know the feeling people come on to me like that, too, but I, I just shake my head and just, you know, okay, fine, you know. I, I, did, I did what I had to do and, uh, uh, in the ring to, to bring the people back. Well, as you would say, put asses in the seats, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool, man. So, so we mentioned Stampede a little earlier. So, so tell me about your, your, uh, your days at Stampede, uh, your thoughts on the Hart family, and did you actually have to prove yourself in Stu Hart's dungeon before you are able to work for Stampede? Uh, to the last question, no, I didn't have to prove myself. I, I wouldn't go to the dungeon number one. Uh, and this may sound okay. like I'm bragging. I thought I was good enough. I didn't have to go to the dungeon to be stressed by Stu. Uh, he tried to get me to the okay. dungeon. I said, Stu, no way, no shape, no form. And he went, dee, 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 okay, baby, it's okay. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was over in Vancouver and our TV went off through Canada. And I was over at the Texas Outlaw, and you know, I had a good name, and uh, that's what he wanted me to come in. They got in contact with me, if I remember correctly, and I came in at the take team, and I worked with uh, Cuban Assassin. That's where I met Cuby, and then uh, Len Denton came in. We went to Dirty White Boys, we took, and then uh, oh, what's his name? I mentioned before, I can't think of his name. See, I'm getting old time right now. You know that, eh? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, we won we won the strap two times uh, in, in Calgary, which you know, and I worked with all the hearts. I don't think I ever worked with Bruce. No, I never worked with Bruce, but I worked with all the other families: uh, Keith, uh, uh, Brett, uh, whoever was working at the Hart family. I'd working. Then we used to go down to Stewart Place uh, on a Friday to get the paychecks or whatever. But uh, a great territory, a lot of traveling, a lot of experience. That, that that you would get being on the road with the kids don't get today. They wrestle three times a month and they think they're superstars. Hey, go on the road seven days a week, sleep in your car, and, you know, eat crappy food and learn. Every night you work with somebody different and you learn the business. I think that it was missing today in, in a lot of the uh, 
promotion kit. The kids are only working two or three times a month. And you got to admit that, Louis. Uh, you know, they're not, they don't have the stamina we had in our, in our day. No, no, I, I, I know, I know. I mean, you guys would uh, uh, go on road trips all the time. You would, you would, I mean, they, they do that today. They, they still travel from city to city, but uh, I think that traveling, um, especially in the territories, I think there's a lot more traveling uh, that you did then. And then I, I think that, you know, although I'm not in the business, so I really, I can't uh, speak about that. Uh, but um, what, what, what would you say? Do you think you did a lot more traveling in your car than, than, than they're doing today? Oh, I think so. Yeah, we, like, we like, yeah, I'll okay. tell you why. You got, you got, I, I started on the West Coast, uh, Vancouver. You, you do all Vancouver, you do the island, you take the ferry boat, and, you know, you're gone five okay. days, you come back, you get, you get a day's rest, and you, you know, you do TV, then you're on the way again. You take Stampede, you, you leave Monday morning for uh, Regina, which is five or 600 miles, I believe, from Calgary, uh, from, uh, yeah, Calgary. And then you're all up in there, and you work that territory, come back for a Friday night. And then you're in Calgary Friday, boom, you're in uh, Edmonton on, uh, or Edmonton on, on a Saturday, boom, you're back on the road again. You make a Sunday off. You go to the Maritimes. You start May 25th, and you don't stop traveling until, uh, I think, the last week of October. You're seven days a week, twice on Sunday. You know, and you got to be in shape, wow. and you got to be, be, be able to get in that ring and, and perform. You, 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 you know, I, and I, again, these young kids ain't going to like what I'm going to say. I don't think they could do it. Uh, a lot of guys think the same as I do. Uh, you know, I don't think the young kid c- could go 45 uh, or an hour, 30 minutes, you know, top speed. I don't think they can do it. That's my opinion. If you kids don't like it, too, too, too damn bad. I'm just telling you how it is. There you go, Lewis. You guys could set. You guys could settle it in a, in a steel cage match. A steel cage. A steel cage match, and you, you guys will. You guys could uh, settle it there. How, how about that? How about we set would, up? Would, the return of no class, Bobby Bass. Yeah, I'm 74 this February, right? And I probably still get in there and teach them oh, kids wow. a, a thing or two. But here's the thing: thing you thought steel cage well, match. Well, I, I, I was in Japan, 22 nights in a cage, 22 nights in a cage with the top stars. Wow! They liked my work. And he wow. put me in 22 nights in a week. You, you know how you get the juice. So, you know, uh, every night, yeah. you know. So, you know, and, and I, I went back to Japan. I went back to Japan, I think, eight or nine times. He brought me back because he liked my work, you know. And, uh, which, and uh, which, promo- which promotion? Jeez, I, I don't know what the hell. What the, which promotion was it? I got all oh, Japan, geez, New Japan. All Japan. All, all Japan pro wrestling, New Japan. Okay, okay. I, I don't know. I, one of them there. You ever, um... uh, one of them. Okay. You know, but... right, that must have been fun. So, what, what was it like wrestling out in Japan? You must have had a must have had a great oh, time. Oh, um, in, uh, in yeah, okay. I, that's when I first met Tom Billison. You know who Tommy is? The Dynamite Kid. Uh, yeah, the Dynamite he was Kid. On the yeah. Same show I was. yeah, and we became lifelong friends. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> I remember sitting in the dressing room, and they used to put your name on the board. And Tommy and I had the tights on and on, the boots on, lace. And Tommy said, I said, hey, Tommy, I'm not on today. He said, oh, you're on, lad. You're on. I said, I'm not. Tony Seth left at the cage match. He said, you're on. I said, no, I didn't sign for no cage. And then the next thing you know, they come in, Bobby Bass, uh, cage. I said, hey, wait a minute. I didn't sign for no cage. They go, you you go cage or go home. I said, I'll go home. You pay me. And I wanted the same. I think I forget who they brought over for the cage matches. But uh, anyway. Uh, I 
made my deal in the dress room, having signed my contract and all that. And they got me back <laughs> 22 nights in a row. But you know what? I worked my ass <laughs> off in 22 nights in a row. And they couldn't say shit about not Bobby Bass laying on his ass. And, uh, you know, Dynamite Kid said, okay. <laughs> you're nuts. You know? And uh, I worked with Dynamite, uh, him and Davy Boy Smith, uh, the, the late, great goalie Rogers, and uh, a Tay team and single matches with the Dynamite. And he had a reputation of hurting people, but he never hurt me. He never did. We worked. We worked great together. We were both great bump takers, and you know, high spot men. And okay. he, he never, never, ever tried to hurt me, or I never tried to hurt him. You know. Now he was notorious for ribbing. Did he? Uh, did he get you with any of his ribs? Uh, no, no, he didn't. Uh, I was just thinking of okay, the, okay, <laughs> a couple, couple of ribs he pulled on one girl. Uh, he made next lacks chocolate pie. <laughs> <laughs> she, she had to go to the bathroom so bad, and he wouldn't let her off the bus. I guess when she went off, went off the bus, she must have crapped herself for about forty minutes. I don't know. But yeah, and, and then he used to take John Foley. Remember, remember John Foley? John with the big uh, manager, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and tough dude yeah. too, man, hell of a shooter. He'd get all drunk up and they shave half his mustache off or something like that, you know. And John, would go, well, I say, I glad, you know. But, uh, you know, no, he never, never paid, paid no, nothing on me. I don't know why. Maybe he liked me. I don't know. But, uh, or respected me. Whatever. I remember I, 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 was speaking with Bob, I, I was speaking with Bobby Fulton. Uh, it might have been the episode. Bobby, that, it might have been the, the podcast that we did together. Uh, Bobby Fulton, is, is, uh, the Dynamite Kid, came up to him with an open bottle of Coke and said, hey, Bobby, I got you a Coke. And Bobby's like, I, there's no way that I'm drinking that Coke that you're about to give me. Sorry. <laughs> Said the, the, said, the, said the bottle said the bottle was open. There was no cap on the bottle. Said here, Bob, I got your oh, coke. Yeah. Bob was like, nope. Yeah. There's no no way yeah, in hell I'm drinking yeah. that coke. But, um, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I remember when Bobby came in to Stampede, and if you listen, Bobby, you know this. He, he was overweight, and uh, you know he was learning a trade. The next thing you know, he had the hair dyed, and he went and wanted a top take team uh, in the world. And I was so proud of Bobby that he did that. You know. That that he uh, learned to trade and went on to become a big big star. You don't see that too much anymore. Pardon me, but you know guys like Bobby Fulton deserve everything they got. You know, and uh, we're still good friends today after uh, forty years, absolutely. believe it or not. Absolutely, he's one of one of the one of the all time great one half one of the greatest tag teams of all time, the Fantastics. Absolutely, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, huge yeah. Bobby and Fulton you're talking- fan. Oh, no, you're a big Bobby Bass fan because I was one of the greatest tag team in Canada. We didn't get to, we didn't get the publicity, yeah, no. Bobby and them guys. But I, w- I told Bobby, I said, I would, me and Ronnie Starr would have loved to work against you and Tommy Rogers. That would have been a hell of a match. And if you know, if you know Ron Starr at work oh, and yeah. you know mine, you know them guys' uh, matches, I think we would have had a great match. I really do. Those would have been, fa- been fantastic. I'm just telling you like it is. You know, I'm just telling you like it is. Oh. You know, I mean. We we we, uh, we worked hard in the Maritimes and throughout Canada, and it's very very hard to get a name in Canada, believe it or not. You know, uh, I think I'm more well known in Canada than I am uh, any any place else because I did mo- the majority of my wrestling in Canada, and most of my matches in Canada were here. And of course, I did the United States and Japan and Germany, but uh, you know, it's been 20 something years since I've been out of business, uh, Louis, and I still get 
50, 60 things on my Facebook a, a week about Bobby Vass, you know? And I find that amazing. I, I think we did we did something right that people still remember you. And, and here's another point, Lewis. These kids today, when they leave the business after three or four weeks, nobody know who they are. Nobody will know. And the kids are going to hate me for saying that, but it's true. Tell the truth, guys. Nobody can. I don't know who who the hell you are now. I won't sure tell. Won't remember you when you leave. Am I being too brutally yeah, honest, you Lewis? People. No, hey, you you're no class but best. You you have you. First of all, you said you don't you don't mean to brag, but. You, you brag all you want. You, you've you've earned that. You've earned that in your career. Uh, you've earned the bragging, um, the bragging right. And no, you you be brutally honest, man. That that's that's why we're talking. I am. About. I'm being honest. Yeah, it's I okay. am being honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it it, it just you know you you know I I I got respect for uh, about ten guys in this business that I really look up to, and I don't know if you remember the great Roy McClarity. Uh, Roy with uh, a matinee at in the 50s and 60s, and he ended his career by referee in uh, all-star wrestling in, in Vancouver. And you know, Roy took me into his wing too. And he, he, you know, I believe it or not, he's driving a ring truck with him and help him set the ring up. And then he'd say, "Okay, uh, come on, we're going we're to work out in the ring." And this guy was so smooth and so good. But just you know, with the pleasure just to learn from this guy. I was very fortunate. I learned from a lot of good people in in their business that they never tried to hurt me. They wanted me to learn. They said that uh, you know you got something that we don't like, but you you're going to make a few bucks. And I, I very you know I I thought about that years later. I said, wow, gee, this guy took me under the wing, and you know they 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 they, they liked me and they, they trained me properly and. I, I could go out in the ring and do an hour or 45 minutes or whatever I had to do without grabbing a headlock. And you know that in the olden days, you had to grab a headlock and sit there for 20 minutes, maybe two moves, uh, hit the rope, drop down, tackle, yeah. grab it again. You don't do that anymore. People do not want to see you grab a headlock for 20 minutes unless you, you do some action out of it, you know. Uh, I, I see the young kid, all they do is kick, slap, punch, and don't sell nothing, you know. Uh, that to me is not right. Learn your trade. If you're going to be a carpenter, learn how to cut wood and nail it together. If you're going to be a pro wrestler, learn how to how to work. You know. Yeah. Well, what about Bret Hart? You you mentioned a dynamite kid. Uh, you in the ring with Bret Hart um, early on in Stampede. Uh, did you see anything special about Bret Hart? Did you did you think, wow, this guy is going to be a big star one day? You know what I did. I did. You, Brett, Brett had that aura around him. Like you, you can just see that the, the kid. It, 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 like I'm a kid, crazy old as I am now. He uh, he had something special, and, and when you worked with him, you knew he had something special. You know, and, and it just had to come out, and, and it did come out. And, and you know, he went on to make a great name for himself and a proud Canadian, may I say? And. Uh, yeah, Brett had, I saw something. I think not only me, a lot of people saw it in Brett. We just waited for that moment for it to come out, you know. And, you know, it hit matches with the Dynamite Kid, which is unbelievable. Great, great matches. You know, and you talk about great oh, yeah. matches today. Look back at Brett and Dynamite Kid. It's unbelievable. The way they approach himself in the ring, the way they work, the way they sell, the way they, oh, just and the timing in the ring is unbelievable. But a lot of kids don't have today, you know. That's my my view, you know. 
Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now, 1978, uh, I got this off cage match, so I'm going to ask you if it's if it's correct. Uh, it stated that you, as a Texas outlaw, were you held the NWA Vancouver Canadian Tag Team titles with the Iron League. Is that is that in fact correct? That is, we held them three times, me and Iron Sheik, three times okay. we had them. Yep. Okay, no, my next that question on, on that is, my next question on that is, how does... How did the Texas outlaw become the hated Iranian Iron Sheik's partner? How, how did how did that how did that who put that together? Uh, I think Al Tomko, the late great Al Tomko, put that together. Uh, okay. When the Sheik came in, uh, he wasn't wasn't over. You know what I mean, right? I mean, he, he, the people didn't. Oh yes, yeah, of course. So I was over like a son of a gun that he put me with him. And as a team, we clicked, believe it or not. Uh, you know, the, the hated outlaw and the hated sheik, you know, and, and it just, it, it worked. Al Tomko knew it was going to work, and it did work. But we had great matches with Don Leo, Jonathan Jake, the Snake Roberts. Uh, whoever was in the territory, we worked the top heels. And, and, it, and it did work. Uh, I, 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 I just got to say that uh, I am not a big fan of the Iron Sheiks, but I, I, I when I got in the ring with them, all personal feelings were gone, and we just worked together as a great team. You know, I don't know if you understand that or not, but oh. you know. No, no, of course, uh, absolutely. Wait, you, you said you worked against you said you worked against heels, so you guys were the you guys were the faces. The Texas Outlaw and I were the faces, or were you guys heels? Uh, we were heels. Oh, we okay. We you said you heels. worked the best heels, and okay, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. My mistake. We worked. I'm sorry. We I, I thought. I thought. I... Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So there's one match that I would love to see. I, I saw this on on that site. It said that you defended the titles against Don Leo, Jonathan, and Jimmy Snuka. That would have been. I if 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 there's anywhere that you might know that that match may be available for viewing. Uh, I don't think it will be, but that's one match that I would absolutely just. Always oh, killed to see. That must have been a fantastic match. If you remember, uh, if one, you remember um, much about it. Yeah, number one, you're, number one, you're wrong. It wasn't Jimmy Snooker with uh, okay. a young J.J. Snake Roberts. J.J. Snake Roberts and okay, Don Leo so they, they were Okay. And, it, okay. and you know what? It was a great, it right. was a great so, match. Yep. I mean, I worked with Jimmy many, many times okay. in, in Portland and Vancouver and Toronto, all over the place. Great, great, uh, great, great worker. You know, you did that big splash on you. <laughs> Hello, mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I'm, I, you, I'm you, gonna have to write some uh, email because they they have it down as as Don Leo, Jonathan, and uh, Jimmy Snuka. Oh so, yeah, Don Leo, Jonathan, Jimmy Snuka defeat Texas Outlaw and Iron Sheik. Okay, I'll, I'll have that corrected too. All right, so but still, Jake the Snake Roberts before still, I would still love to see that match. The Leo Jonathan oh. and J- Jake Roberts versus you and uh, the Iron Sheik. That must have been think, fantastic. Yeah, that was me and Don White Wait from Texas, and uh, it was a great, great match. I got. I'm not bragging, ladies and gentlemen, or blowing smoke out of my butt. Uh, when you work with guys that are professionals, <laughs> and you got four no, you got four guys who are professionals in that ring and know how to work, you're gonna have a a great, great match. Plain and simple, you know. Uh, we know what we're doing. Yeah. We know how to do it. We know how to put it over. 
you got to say, I go back to that word psychology. You have psychology, you know. I mean, everybody got to finish in. We all, we all, you know, interfered and all that. But it would, you know, you got me all excited here now. Great. In my mind, I'm thinking Don Leo John that got me in the big Mormon swing. Remember that? You used to grab you by the legs and swing you uh, around yeah, the ring. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can I can actually say yeah, I I was in the Mormon swing. <laughs> you know, and it was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> I did. I, I I'm sorry to say that, but you know, yeah, okay. I loved all the moves I got into, and I I can look back here and I say, yeah, I was in that. You know, <laughs> it's just great. And Don Leon Johnson, I visit him. Along yeah. with Kevin Jeffries, I don't know if you know Kevin. He was a, a referee in the WWE. He was the Canadian uh, Junior Weight Heaven Champ of Canada. Uh, he was a booking agent for Al Comco, and uh, he took me over. Me and my wife, he took us over to, to meet Don, and Don said, "Bobby Bass, you son of a bitch, how you been?" <laughs> that was a lot, lot, a lot, a lot of years ago. Then, so yeah, he was a good guy, gentleman. He really was, you know. But uh, he's gone now. Yeah, actually, actually, I'm looking at the website. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at this website here now. It does say, uh, July 1978, that you and the Sheik defeated Leo Jonathan and Jake Roberts for the tag team yeah. title in a tournament final match. Uh, so you did. But right. it, it said a month later, it says him and Jimmy Snuka took on you and uh, Aaron Sheik. But uh, you're saying that it, it would have been Jake Roberts. Well, it, it could have been, been his. Would have been his partner. I, I, it could have been because I, I, all I remember is Jake Roberts and Don Leo okay. and Jonathan. You know? Hey, 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 hey okay. Lewis, I'm getting old, Mark. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, no. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old too. I'm getting old too, man. Uh, it's, it actually, actually also says here that you defeat Bruce uh, to retain the titles. And, uh, do you What's remember that? that match? Jonathan Boyd and – It says you defeated the Royal, the Royal Kangaroos also to, to retain the titles. In September yes, of seventy eight. Yep. Not sure if you remember yes, that. Yes, we one. did. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I sure do. There you go. Yep. Yep. I remember a lot of this right. stuff. Oh, don't and, leave I, and sometimes I don't. But, go ahead, uh, man. I, I I do remember a lot of my matches and a lot of territories I was in, and I'll be honest with you, Lewis. I'm very proud to be no class Bobby Bass. I'm very proud to be a pro wrestler, and I'm still proud today. That the people recognize me at No Class Bobby Bass after so many years being out the business, they'll walk up and say, "Bobby, how you doing?" Because I have a picture taken with you, you know. And it, 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 I have no ego. I say, "Yeah, of course." You know, uh, some guy said, "Well, I'm going to cost you 15 bucks." What are you crazy? These people came came to the arena and supported you when you were starting out, and you're going to charge him 15 bucks for a picture? No, no, Bobby Bass may have no class, but he doesn't do that shit, you know. There you go. There you go. So, no, so, and I look forward to when we finally do get to meet, and, and uh, then I'll uh, I'll take plenty. Since they're free, I'll take plenty of pictures with you, Bob. I'll take, you can go right We'll take ahead, plenty man, of pictures man. together. How about that? I just don't okay. understand. I really I, don't. I look forward to that day. Uh, I, I, I can't understand how a pro wrestler, unless you had a, a Comic Con or something like that, but a guy walked up in a, in a street and recognized you and said, "Me, I have sure." I find it an honor that they still remember the old guy after all these years. And I say to myself, I must have been doing yeah. something, right? And they remember me after all these years, you know? And that's the way I look at it, you know? Well, you definitely right, man. You've had a very, very long career uh, in professional wrestling. And um, you, you mentioned Don Leo Jonathan, and you know, he had a, a huge feud 
early on uh, in Andre the Giant's career, Andre the Giant, Don Leo, Jonathan. You were on, from what from what I understand, you were on um, Andre the Giant's uh, good side. So you you were yeah. on the good list, right? I was, yes. Yeah. Okay. For so, some so tell reason, us, I want you tell us, tell us a good. Uh... Well, Go ahead, I, buddy. I, I remember, I remember, you know, they telling me that if he didn't like you, you didn't get in the dressing room. And I again, I got to say this to you and your audience. I don't know why, but he took a shining to me. Uh, I think when he first came into Kansas City, uh, me and a gentleman named Tokyo Joe were, were the two, two Rudika, two guys against him, you know, and, and we we made him look like a million dollars. And uh, I, I remember when he picked me up for the slam, or no, put me over his head, and I said, "That all you got?" And I weighed two fifty-five, and he, he extended his arms. And he tilted his hand back, and I sort of went back in his hands. He said, uh, goodbye, Bobby. I went, what? And he walked around the ring, and he found a place where a lot of people weren't sitting, and he heed me from the, from the, about two feet from the rope over the top rope into the audience. Pardon me. I took the bump. Boom, boom, boom. He comes out. Tokyo Joe throws me back in. He slams me. Boom. Joe comes in, slams Joe on top of me, sits on us. One, two, three. And from that day on, uh, I was on Henri's good side, you know? And uh, when he came to Vancouver, uh, he was working against me and somebody else. And he, he said, uh, Tomko, uh, uh, I drive with Bobby Bass. Al said, no, 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 you're working with Bobby Bass. He said, I drive with Bobby Bass. Because I had a van with a, with a seat in it. He could stretch right out. Oh, wow. And, and, uh, uh, and I had a, a, a garbage can full of beer for him. So <laughs> he, he, he liked that. But, yeah, uh, I, uh, I got along good with him wherever I was. And he knew I was in the territory. He would ask for me to work with him. And I, I found that an honor, you know. And again, I, I don't think I did anything special. I just was a, a, a pro wrestler, and I did what I had to do to make him look good. And people don't understand it, Louis. This is a business, you know. Uh, just because you're, you're, you're putting somebody over, it, it doesn't mean you got to go out there and say, ah, oh, hell, i got to make this guy look good. I'm not going to do nothing. No, no, you go out there. You don't give 100%. You give 300% to make this guy look good. So it means mean that when he beats you, he beats somebody. Not, 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 a, not a piece of garbage that went in there and got the attitude, oh, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. I, I might have done 3,000 jobs in my career. And I got to say to you right here in your audience, I went in there with the, the purpose of making him look good. And when he beat me, he beat somebody. Uh, they fought hard. And I got a reputation for that. Bobby never laid on his ass. He went in and worked hard. I took a lot of bunt for a lot of guys. Uh, they gave me they gave me stuff back, which, you know, the big guys in the WWF or WWE wouldn't do because they all thought they were superstars. But they liked me. They gave me all kinds of stuff. You know, I was surprised when uh, Rick, Ricky Steamboat on TV said, slam me, Bobby. I went, slam me. Boom, he give me something, you know. And uh, the way it was, I, I, got, I know if I was lucky or I was very good at my profession, I think. A little bit of both. I, I think it was more that you were very good at your profession because because you um at, before I get for the next question, uh, Andre the Giant, I put that picture up yesterday uh, asking with you uh, a, a young Bobby uh, Bass with uh, with Andre the Giant, and I put up the contest. Uh, does anybody know who that is with uh, Andre the Giant? Two people got it right, so I got to give them a little shout out here. So Wade Allen and Cody Brown. Uh, there's your shout out. So you both got it right by saying it was Bobby Bass. Some people, a lot of people get confused that people are guessing, um, somebody had guessed Rene Goulet, somebody had guessed, um, 
uh, I think uh, Bobby Eaton, somebody guessed. Uh, but no, uh, this wow, it was a uh, way down, and Cody Brown got it right. Uh, hey, Brown and Allen, thanks a lot, guys. You knew. I find them thanking them guys for recognizing me. Uh, thank guys, appreciate that. Uh, I asked if I could guess, and Lewis said no. I couldn't guess. I couldn't win the contest. Yep. <laughs> was, well, I don't think that would have been fair. Actually, actually, it was no, uh, no, it was Wade and Cody. That Wade, Wade and Cody. Wade and Cody. Thank guys. I appreciate. It was Wade and Cody. I think they're waiting now. Wade and Cody. Good yeah. name for wrestling. So there you go. So they got it. They got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Wade and Cody. Yeah. yeah. Wade, and, Wade Cody. They could team. Yeah. They could team up with the Texas Outlaw. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know. There you go. That's uh. So, it's, yeah. so I was gonna say what? I'm sorry, I, I I didn't mean to cut you off there. I think you was you were about to say something. No, I was. I was waiting for you. Go ahead. You, oh, you oh, wait. Wait. Oh, see, see. Okay, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll ask the question. I'm sorry, <laughs> you were about to say something. Uh, so one thing you you seem to have perfected, and I think you touched upon it, uh, was the art of selling. You were absolutely great at selling uh, one match I was watching when you, when you were in the, the WWF against junkyard dog, he did a light crawling head, but he just tapped your head, but you sold it like you were shot in the head. And uh, it was just, just terrific selling. How long did it take for you to perfect the art of selling? Cause it was, again, you did a really, really good job at it. Thank you, Lewis. Uh, I, I have to answer that like this. Did you, Proset, uh, progress in your your, your 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 profession. You learn how to do things, and I, I think it. Uh, I, I was always learning, always never stopped learning the business. And I used to watch other guys in the ring. I, I finished my. I usually on first or second. I run out and watch everybody else, and I learned from other guys how to sell and, and, and how to react. Like junkyard, I remember that. I just watched that match a couple of weeks ago. And he gave me the headbutt, boomed. I, I sold it like a, a, you know. And I, my wife said, "Wow, did he really hit you?" I said, "No." She said, "Wow, it looked like he tore your head off." I said, "No." And, and, and you got to learn that. And you just said it a minute ago. You got to learn how to sell. If I poke you in the eye, you're not you don't tell me you're gonna come right back and fight me. I don't think so. Because the next one would be, would be be for real, you know, in the eye. Uh, the young kids, they, they, they got to learn how to sell. That's why I think uh, these indie uh, located businesses are only drawing 100, 150 people. Kid. People are not believing what they see in that ring. That's my opinion again, you know? Yeah, I was watching. I was watching a documentary. I forget what it was, but uh, a, uh, a legend had come in because uh, there was a. I think it was a WWE. I think it was tough enough. I think. I think it was Triple H actually. Uh, he came in and he was talking to um, some of the. Um, the, the tough enough contestants, you know, they, they were in a contest yeah. to become a professional wrestler. And so he, um, he brought them in and he said, I want you to sell a punch for me. And so we threw one, one guy and the guy who sold it weekly and triple H grabbed it and said, if you ever, if you would sell like that for me in the ring, I would punch you for real. Is yeah, it scared the hell out of the game? Is, is that true? That. If I have done that. Okay. I, I, I threw a great, great shot at uh, some guy who thought he was the cock of the walk and he just shook his head. And I just smiled. I looked over to Cuban. I got the nod, and the next one came for real. He sold that, I tell you. You know, I mean, you're out there <laughs> making him look like. No, it's true. You 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 out there trying to make him look good, and you throw one dynamite shot at him, 
And he just looked at you like, <laughs> yeah, well, the next one is <laughs> my ass, you know. Uh, you got to <laughs> teach these young kids. You got to teach each young kid they can't do that. Because once you get, let them get away with it, they do it all the time. And, and again, all you young kids listening to this broadcast, this is my opinion only. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. Some guys are butter the bread for you and say this is how it is. It's not like that. I wish I could go back in time and be in my, be in my prime and take half of these young kids in the ring. Uh, Ronnie Hutchison, you know Ron? Ronnie Hutchison trained Ed. Oh, yes, Christian, absolutely. Uh, yeah. This guy I have known for 35, 40 years, and I'll tell you what, he would not put up with any shit. He worked your ass off. That's why Christian, Edge, uh, Joey Legend, Tristatus were so good because they learned the right way from Ronnie. Ronnie put no garbage, you know, and uh, he, he, he trained them, and they all became world champions. Think about it. They all became WWF world champions, and they were trained by a professional wrestler that knew the business. Speaking of the WWF, what was your experience like in the WWF? I know you were there for a while. You, we mentioned Junkyard Dog. You took on uh, Tito Santana as a match on on um, YouTube. Um, I think you wrestled Dynamite Kid maybe a couple of times in WWF. Um, what, what was your experience yeah. like uh, with the WWF? Uh, quite honestly, I just I, I, I drive in as a jobber, do my thing, and leave. I mean, I tell you who, okay. who wanted to give me the push a little a little push with uh, who put me over with Grilling Monsoon. Really liked Grilla liked my work a whole lot, and uh, but at that time, okay. and you know, you, you know, they had program lined up for two three years in, in advance, with Piper and Circa and you know Hogan and Tito whatever. But you know, and here's another thing, I knew what I'd going in for. You know what I'm saying? I knew I'd going to make these guys look good, and I, I had no problem with that. And I knew I wouldn't get in the WWF. That was fine because I knew it's a business, and I knew what to expect. I didn't go in there and do one match. Well, I'm in the WWF. No, I was not in the WWF. I, I, I was in there a couple of TV shows. Uh, you know, and everybody says, if you know it today, WWF star, the guy been in there two times star. You were a jobber like myself. What are you trying to kid? You know, and I, I'm honest about it, Lewis. I know where I, where I was and what I did. And uh, I just tell it like it is. Oh, wow. You know, go, what am I going to tell you? I told you the truth. All right. <laughs> well, that's that's all. That's all we can ask for. That's all we. That's all we can ask for, man. You, you tell the truth. I, man. I, uh, I, I wouldn't expect no class Bobby Blass to lie, man. No, no. I, I tell you. Listen, I, I got along good with everybody in the dressing room. I did. They all liked me. They all wanted to work with me because I was, and I want you kids to understand that I was a worker. I knew how to work. I knew how to sell. I, I knew how to punch. I knew how to kick. I, I, I knew my business, Lewis. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I was like a carpenter. I knew everything about the building trade. I know everything about the wrestling trade. I learned. I suffered, but I learned. And I, I think a bunch of the kids okay. uh, do that today. I think they'd be better off getting in that ring. I would never afraid of getting hurt, believe it or not. I would never afraid because I knew my trade. I knew I could bump. Uh, you know, I, I knew I, I knew how to. Just be in that ring and take take my Whitaker, take uh, whatever they threw at me. I threw back at them. All right, now now let let's let's talk about Grand Prix uh, wrestling for a bit. Uh, what what are your favorite <laughs> memories about uh, working for Grand Prix? And uh, how many times did you wrestle Leo Burke? I mean, I know. And was Whoa. would you call him your <laughs> opponent? 
Would I call him what? Oh, your greatest opponent. Uh, in Canada. Would you call him your... your... Uh, I, I would call Leo Burke very underrated in, in, in statue in Canada. To me, he, he would candid greatest wrestler. Bar none. Uh, I mean, even Bret Hart, I tell you, he didn't get the credit he deserved. And that guy, was, I must have wrestled him in a 10-year period, maybe 100, 150 times. Never a bad match with Leo. Never. And the uh, guy knew his business. He, uh, he looked good. He, he knew what to do in the ring. And if you had a bad match with Leo Work, hang up your boots and go home. That's all I can say about that. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. So would you say, Grand, what, I, I, actually, let me phrase it this way. What was your favorite promotion that, that you worked for uh, while you were, uh, while you were um, an active pro wrestler? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I like BC, I like Stampede, and I like the Grand, uh, I like Grand Prix. I, I liked them all. I did. I, I, I really enjoyed being in the territory and, and meeting the guys I worked with and traveling and seeing the country. Uh, I'm a weird duck. I got to tell you, I can't say to you, Lewis, oh, I loved Grand Prix and I hated this. I did not. I, I enjoyed working every territory I was in. I, I would, uh, you know, I love the Maritime because I'm from there, of course. But I, I love Calgary. I love BC, you know. And uh, it was just an opportunity for me to see places I didn't see before, especially out west, traveled out west, you know. And it was great. I, I yeah. loved it. Uh, you know, I, I never was. Uh, well, I don't like that territory. The trips are too long. Hey, it's part of the business. If you're going a 500-mile trip there and 500 miles back, if you don't want to do it, get out of the business. Go work in the grocery store, bagging groceries or something. You know, the, this is part yeah. of our business. If you don't understand that, go home. That's plain, that's brutal, but it's right. the way it is. You know, so. All right, man. So, like last that. question, and then we'll wrap the um, well, last question. And we'll just and we'll wrap this up. Okay. You've been in the business. You started in 1967. Um, you retired. Yep. Uh, what, what year did you retire, actually, from, from, active, from active wrestling? Uh, actually, it was I 90... retired in, I think it was 92. 92. 92. Okay. So 67 to, 90, 67 to 92. If you could do it all over again, would you change anything? Would anything be different, or would you just have to be exactly the way everything happened, if you could do it all over again? Um. <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid to you, but I would change one thing. That one thing okay. was I used to look at uh, Leaf and Lanny, and he did that backflip. I would love to do that. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't. I sound stupid, but uh, I used to watch him like, "Wow, gosh, I wish I could do that." I, I could always fall on my ass or something, but uh, yeah, that. I wouldn't change anything except learn how to do that. Uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't want to be anything different than I am. I, I'm a, I'm a down to earth guy. I, I, I got a, a personality that a lot of people like. And uh, matter of fact, Kevin Jeffrey said to me the other day, I can't understand how you were so badass in the ring and you're such a loving man outside the ring. I said, Kevin, it's just me. And that's all there is to it. Uh, you know, Lewis, I, I, I don't pretend to be anybody I'm not. Uh, I'm very lucky I work in the movie industry today. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very happy in my life. I got a, a great great wife, great family, and good friends. And I'm happy to shake a stick at. I got no beefs about wrestling. I got no beefs about uh, 
being beaten on, in, in the ring, losing titles, listen, it's all a business. And if you kids understand something I'm trying to tell you, it's a business. Don't take it personal. Okay, fair enough, man. Well, it's it's been an absolute pleasure uh, catching up with you and talking to you. It's always, it's always a fun time talking talking with you, Bobby. Oh. And um, I I I I hope we can catch up again um, real soon. I'd love to have you back on the show uh, many many times, man. I'm sure you have some some fantastic stories, uh, more <laughs> stories that we haven't got to today that uh, that we could, that we could get to, man. Well, it's like you told me a long time ago, Lewis. Don't give it all away in one shot, Bobby. We'll stretch it out a little bit. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. There you go. Well, Lewis, listen, I, again, Bobby, listen, thanks for... Lewis, I want to thank you yep, for getting in touch with me and having this talk today. Uh, it brings back a lot of good memories. And listen, you and your family have a good day and stay, stay healthy. You too, my, you too, brother. You stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, let's do this again real soon, my friend. Anytime you want to, I'm here for you. You know that. Okay, thanks, man. And I'm proud to call you my friend, Bobby. I know, uh, I know. Um, Me too. You know, we met uh, met about a year ago. I'm proud to call you a friend, my Bobby. Thank you, brother. Let me say goodbye to you and all the people listening to this pro- podcast. This guy gets one of the greatest interviews ever. Support this guy. Don't be shy. Get on his broadcast. Oh man, thank you. That means a lot to me, Bobby. I really appreciate that. Uh, but don't don't hang up, man. I I, I want you to cut a, a quick promo for me before you go. If that's okay. 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 Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna say the goodbyes here and do the closeout, and then then I'll have I'll, I'll me cut that quick promo. So just just give me two seconds. You got it. Well, this has been the yep. Alliance Pro Wrestling. This has been the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. Again, want to thank my guest, the Canadian pro wrestling legend, No Class Bobby Bass. And until next time, thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. Stay safe, everyone. So long. Bye bye.